in today's show, I'm looking at players who might be just a little bit overperforming their seasonal expectations. It's a sell high show, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. As I said, we're looking at sell high trades. Remember, this doesn't mean sell this guy for whatever. It doesn't mean sell him at his projected value. It means if you can get extra value from what he's currently doing, then do it. Otherwise, enjoy the ride. Let's talk about these players right now. And you know that I like this guy. You know that I think he's pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty, 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 pretty good. You know that I think he can be a top 20 player for the rest of this season. But you have to inquire about selling high on LaMelo Ball. And I'll tell you why. Because over the last month, he's the ninth ranked player. He's doing that shooting 88% from the line, so there's room for that to regress. He's doing that shooting 44% from three. There's room for that to regress. There is also the potential of Devontae Graham coming back and taking a minute, two minutes away, and also just for him to go through a shooting slump. Oh, and by the way, he's averaging two steals per game. Now he's averaging 1.6 for the season. This is over the last month. Um And he's absolutely on a roll. And even over the last four games, it's better. He's shooting 54% from the field, 50% from three, 58% from two, 24 points per game. He's amazing. And I I would not trade him for anybody who's outside the top 20. I think he's a top 20 player the rest of the season. I think he could be even a top 15 player. I think that's a possibility. But you have to inquire to see whether there is any, like your top level players who are injured, like Anthony Davis is out. I'm not saying that you're going to get Anthony Davis back for LaMelo Ball in a trade. But I tell you who's, you know, who's been performing over the last month, even on a per game basis, Ball's outperforming him. Now that, that might seem wild to you, but if somebody has Anthony Davis and they're sixth in the standings and they are struggling for games played, it's a move I would consider, but I could also see a scenario where Ball is better than Davis this season. So it is a fine line to tread, but if you are selling LaMelo Ball high, you've got to aim high. You can't be looking at top 20. You've got to say, this dude has been doing this 15 plus games now as a top 10 player. Can I have a top 10 player? Understanding, that, and not everyone's going to dig that deeply, that 44% from three is not going to keep up. Two steals probably won't stick. The 88% from the line, now he can be an 83% shooter, like no worries. But 83 and 88 is actually quite a big difference in fantasy. So you've got to be able to, to just try and squeeze that value out. And saying a guy who you think might be the 15th best player this year, the difference between 15th and 10th or 15th and 9th is basically the difference between 15th and 40th. So when we get to that top end there, it seems like, oh, what am I getting? Six spots worth of value? It is actually a big difference. And I think being able to achieve that in a trade, it's going to be tough. But I think you've got to do it while he's absolutely rolling like this. 
DeJounte Murray is a pretty obvious one, I think. 25th ranked player over the last week. No Derek White. No uh, Devin Vassell. No Rudy Gay. You've had DeRozan missing some of that time. You've got Aldridge, whatever the hell's going on with him. It's been a really good run from uh, Murray. 25 usage. He's averaging 21 points per game. He's doing it mainly because he's shooting at a level that is very much higher than anything he's done before. 43% from three. He's a 32% shooter this season, 55% from two. He's never been a 50% shooter from two in his career, including this season where he's marginally under it. His assists are up to seven per game. Derek White's going to cut into that. Now, I think Murray can be like you know, close to a top 50 player, but top 30, I think, is too much. So while his minutes are sky high, 35 a game since he returned or since the Spurs returned to action, 35 minutes a game, 21, seven and seven. Look, that usage will drop, the percentage will drop, the minutes will drop, um, probably after the All-Star break. So you've got to have a look there at some value in uh, in a trade for DeJounte Murray. This guy's been on this list a lot, and what he continues to do confounds me. Norman Powell. Yeah, I was like, okay, let's wait to see what lineup they go to when everyone's healthy. He probably goes back to the bench. They went, screw this shit. I'm putting uh, Pascal Siakam as our center, which, okay, that's fine. So we can keep Norman Powell starting. He's the 33rd ranked player over the last month. He's the 17th ranked player over the last week. I think he's missed one free throw in the last month. I'm just going to double check that because that doesn't seem right. But it's, oh no, so he's missed three. He's 56 of 59 for 95% from the free throw line. That is an obviously ridiculous number. Oh, he's also shooting 46% from three in that time and 59% from two. While maintaining 33 minutes a night and a 24% usage. There are a lot of things there. Now, he this could be real. Maybe it is real. Maybe he just is literally an unbelievable shooter, like literally one of the best shooters in the NBA because a true shooting of 69% Giggity. would tell you he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. And while I think he can be a good shooter, this is insanity. Like this level is super, super high. And he's actually taken it further, 71% true shooting over the last seven games. He's doing not much else. Three rebounds, two and a half assists. The steals are pretty nice, and that's helping his value there as well. But so much of it is Powell can go on hot and cold streaks. We saw how cold he was to begin the year, and now he's just absolutely red hot. So don't, you know, I thought they'd move him back and play 26 minutes a night because of, you know, we want a center out there. But they just said, screw this. We're not playing centers. We're just going to play all wings with Siakam, who's basically you know, a, a four at best. Well, not at best. He's not a three. So he's clearly a four. So Powell's minutes have stuck. But that efficiency is where I look at it and go, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that he's this level of shooter. I'm not sure. Look, even if he goes from the... He's 65% from two in the last seven. That goes down to 52. And the 44 from three goes down to 39 from three. Then you are talking a 30, 40 spot drop. So don't trade him for any top 70 player. If you can get a top 40 guy, then you try it. And that's where you try to try to go with him. Big, big numbers from him recently. Nerlens Noel, um, an obvious one, I think, as well. Just if you can get any sort of top 100 player back, I think you'd do it. In the last two weeks, he's the 73rd ranked player. He's playing 31 minutes. He's getting two blocks and a steal, but it's the 31 minutes, right? And Mitchell Robinson's going to come back. And even if you are in under the assumption or you do believe that he can start over Robinson, which I don't think is foolish, I think it probably won't happen. He had 10% chance of happening. But there is, I think there is a possibility that Thibodeau goes that way. Remember, that's what he did in the preseason until Noel got hurt and then Robinson took the job. So there is that possibility. 
But regardless of if he starts or not, I don't think we'd expect 32 minutes of Noel and like 15 minutes of Mitchell Robinson in the Taj Gibson role. I'd say it'd be more like you know, 26, 22, 25, 23, 24, 24, that sort of scenario. So Robinson should be returning not far off uh, after, after the All-Star break. Um, and I think you've got to look to just strike while the iron's hot. Again, it's not a matter of just selling. If someone wants to be- believe in the 30 minutes a night, and there will be people out there, a few of them, but there will be people out there, uh, you, you see if you can get a top 70 guy back. That's what you try. And if you t- if you can't, it's exactly what I mentioned at the start of the show. You write it out and you see what happens. And the last guy I've got to talk about here is Kevin Herter. 54th ranked player over the last week, 14 points per game. His numbers have been pretty up and down, but he's 82nd over the last month. But we are going to start to see Hawks players return. Bogdan Bogdanovic, he might be returning by the time you're listening to this. You're going to have DeAndre Hunter in probably four to five weeks away still. But Cam Reddish is going to return. Chris Dunn, at, at some point, I assume he's going to be back. I don't know, but I assume he's going to be back at some point. And that's going to have an impact on Herder. So the 34 minutes a night he's played over the last month, the four assists that he's got over the last month, yeah, that stuff's probably not going to be able to stick. I think 30, 28 minutes a night is realistic uh, once everyone returns from Herder, who's been really good this year. But I just don't think we can view him as a top 100 player um, with those players returning. Now, Reddish is worse than Herder. I think that's pretty clear. Hunter's better. And Dunn is just a different type of player. And Bogdanovich, is he better or is he worse? I'm not sure. I think he's better, but you know, coming back off a knee injury, he'll probably be worse. But it's not about that saying the Herders is better because those guys are going to come and they're going to take some minutes. And if that takes him from 34 minutes or the 35 he's playing over the last week to 30, then you are losing a ton of value there for Herders. So I think that's something you do have to investigate. And you know, again, I use these these examples because I've seen people say, hey, Nerlens will start over Mitchell Robinson. I've seen people say, Kevin Herter is clearly the best guy there and his minutes won't change. And you know, my audience is a sample of the people who play fantasy basketball. It's not everybody. It's not 50%. It's probably not even 10%. So if I have multiple people telling me those things, there are multiple of those people around. And that is, I think, something you've got to be able to look to take advantage of. Let's look at some points leagues, guys, now. I could have had Draymond in the category league um, sell high as well, but we've got him here in the points league. Over the last week, he's averaging 40 fantasy points per game. Eight boards, 11 assists, 1.8 steals. That's probably the big one there, and 1.3 blocks. For the year, he's averaging 29 points per game, but I think that's unfair to view him that way just because at the beginning of the year, he wasn't at that level. But over the last month, he's at 36 fantasy points per game. So even looking at that, the 40 he's averaging over these last four is on the high side. That puts him 36th over the last week. And yeah, while I think he can maybe be a top 55, top 50 points league player, top 40 is stretching it. Trading in fantasy points leagues is really tough because we can all see this player averages this, that player averages that. There's no win-win deal in fantasy points leagues trades. It's impossible. Because someone is going to get someone who averages more fantasy points than the other. Or if they average the exact same fantasy points, what was the point of the trade? So it's very hard to pull these things off in fantasy points leagues. But you've got to try and go with recency bias. And that's exactly what buy lows and sell highs are. And Draymond up to 40, yeah, with the expectation that he goes back to 34, 35, you might be able to just squeeze a little bit of value there out of him. Kemba Walker, starting to put it together. The last three games... 
40 points um, 40 points per game. That's really good. 25, 4, and 6 with a steal. Good numbers. Part of the reason why I'm looking to sell high on him is just ongoing minutes restrictions, I think, is a problem. Uh, or more, more actually ongoing back-to-back resting. So while the numbers are improving, they're on the way up, he's got name brand value as well. I think it's time to, to look to see if you can get if you can get top 50 numbers back. Because on a per-game basis in a points league, 37 points over the last two weeks is pretty impressive. I think he's more of a 32 to 33 fantasy point per game player. But I think you know we can look at him and the minutes for him improving, which they have. They're up to 33 a game in the last two games. And that's going to push him into that top 55 type area for the rest of the season on a per game basis. But if we're talking about games sat, if we're talking about back-to-backs, that is all a risk which reduces his overall value and probably values him more as a top 80 player rather than a top 60 player in points leagues. So view it that way. Marvin Bagley. I've said all along this season that Bagley is significantly better in points leagues than category leagues. In category leagues, I don't, he's not even a top 180 player, I don't believe. But in points leagues, he's the 104th ranked player this season. But if we go down to the last two weeks where he's played 29 minutes a game, he's the 61st ranked player. He's doing what really pays, pays the bills in points leagues, and that is score and get rebounds. He's averaging 19 and 9. Efficiency doesn't really matter. The low blocks don't really matter. The assists don't really matter. It's the fact that he's getting those bulk scoring and rebound numbers. So I think the question we ask with Bagley here is the 29 minutes a game, the 34 fantasy points, is that real? Or are there reasons why that's spiked up? And there are reasons. And the reasons is that Hassan Whiteside was out. So with Whiteside and Rashawn Holmes was injured, those guys were out, meaning Bagley had to play some of his power forward minutes, and then he had to push across and play center minutes. There was a time that Harrison Barnes was out. So those minutes that Barnes would push up to the four, Bagley got extra minutes there. And now currently Tyrese Halliburton is out. And the first sub and the closing lineup change that the Kings would always make is Bagley out, Halliburton in. So now with no Halliburton, Bagley's staying in. And he's playing those 30 minutes a night instead of those 25 minutes a night. So when we get those other guys returning, what do we get out of Bagley? Now he's been he's been good. Double-digit scoring. In eight games since he returned from his uh, two-game absence, double-digit rebounds in four of those, and that, that pays the bills in points leagues. But 29 minutes to 25 minutes is a drop-off, and I think that's what we can look at with him uh, with the value potentially drip, uh, dropping down, and him instead of being a 34-point-per-game guy, maybe he's a 30-point-per-game player. I do think that he'll be better than his seasonal numbers of 26 points per game. I think we'll be able to improve on that, but I'd also think that he's probably almost peaking in terms of current value. I've got Norman Powell on here as a sell high in points leagues too. He's the uh, averaging 35 fantasy points over the last week. His value is not as high as in category leagues because the percentages don't count, but he's still just they still count in terms of what he's doing scoring wise. So I think there is some sell high there with him. And the last guy is the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Much like Bagley, he's playing at a very high level. And some of that is coming down to the absence of um, Tyrese Halliburton. But it's not just that. Over the last four games, he's averaging 39 fantasy points per game. That's up from 31 this season. He's playing 39 minutes. That's probably going to come down. He's averaging 22 points with five assists and 1.3 steals. When was the last time Harrison Barnes averaged 1.3 steals? The The answer is actually never. He has never even averaged one steal per game. Yet over the last four games, 
He's he's pulling up what six a game. Sorry, not six a game. He said six in the last four games. Along with five assists, along with twenty-two points. And that twenty-two points is coming on some pretty high efficiency. So while Barnes is having the best year of his career, he's averaging 31 fantasy points per game, which is good for 70th. This big spike to being the 39 fantasy point per game player is coming on the back of him shooting 57% from the field and 48% from three. So those two numbers are going to drop. He's probably going to lose 30 spots of fantasy point value, six, seven fantasy points per game potentially for Barnes. And that's where you have to move in and try and sell high on him. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Let me know what you thought down below in the comments. Subscribe to this show as well. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Hit the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.